Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRozier. Got two amazing co-hosts today with me, and I'm so excited that our, our other co-host is here. Because Cross, Cross, you homeschool, you live here, you basically have to be here, right? Yep, pretty much. Yeah, so, so my son Cross is here, but Mariah is returning back as a co-host after um, way too long for us missing you. Uh, when she was working during the summer, and um, we appreciate you being here, Mariah. Good morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's, her her uh, morning time routine of, of chilling has been interrupted. <laughs> and uh, today we are joined by our amazing, amazing special guest, uh, Madeline Banizak. And she is joining us from Cornerstone. They've graciously allowed us to have a little bit of her time. Hello, Madeline. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you guys? We're good. So, like, we homeschool, so this is actually what we would consider crack of dawn early morning for all of us. So <laughs> <laughs> so we might have a little shaking off of the of the cobwebs of the morning going on here today. <laughs> I hate how accurate that is. I was about to say, I, I wish I could say that was not true, but, yeah, like, this is usually the start of our school day right around this time, right? Yeah. Yeah, so so we're we're uh, just kind of crawling into the morning, and we're excited to get to Bible study, correct? Yep. Okay, well, we're going to start out the day as usual with commercial breaks, and we will see you guys soon. Just hang in there. We all know that times are tough. And things are really expensive right now, so why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. That's right. The Jokers and Jesters Comedy Tour is back on the road. We are currently promoting our second Amazon Prime special, Jokers and Jesters, the next special. We will be touring small towns across this great country of ours. So for our tour date, 
Follow us on Facebook at Jokers and Jester Comedy Tour or at our website, jokersandjester.com. It's a great night of music, laughter, and magic. Don't miss us as we come to a small town near you. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. Well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Study, and I'm so excited. Actually, our teaching today is uh, interesting to me. It's something I've been learning about a lot this year, um, and it just happens to be one of those lessons that God's been teaching me, so I feel a little personally exposed on this particular one um, because it, because I really just feel like it's an important lesson for our church in this day, but it's, it's an important lesson for every parishioner, um, especially if there's ever been a time when you're like, wow, I, I, you know, I don't know if I do it that way or whatever. Uh, I think that this is really a good, good uh, lesson straight from the Lord's word. So uh, let's get into it. Who wants to say, who wants to open up some prayer today? Okay. Would you like to do that for me, buddy? Sure. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you for, sorry, uh, thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you that we we're able to come on the show. Thank you for our amazing guests. And we hope that uh, the words that come out of Mom's mouth are not her words, but yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we didn't have to bless the food because there's no food involved. <laughs> we don't need your response now. Right, we almost went there. <laughs> so uh, we are finally hitting Romans chapter 15. Uh, those of you who haven't been following our show for forever may not know we have been uh, preaching through Romans for the last year. Yes, we're on week 44. And, and believe it or not, guys, this is actually our one-year anniversary. It was one year tomorrow that we produced our very, very first show. Crazy, right? So we I, I'm feeling pretty good about this because I'm not a very strong finisher. So I'm <laughs> really excited about the fact that we're um, that we're moving forward and that we're going to finish this book. Um, and it looks like we'll probably be able to finish it within the next month, month and a half, after which point uh, we plan on taking a break for a couple of weeks so I can get my act together. Um, and then uh, we will be looking at the Gospel of John. Is that correct, Cross? Yep. Yes. And then... Um, Mariah will make some decisions about uh, whether or not she's excited about doing Gospel of John with us. Um, we hope so. So uh, we hope so. We like her. So uh, today we're going to be studying in Romans chapter 15. So following along with your Bible, you can open up there. We're going to start in verse 1 and read through verse 13. And I'll go ahead and read it out loud. Uh, we who are strong have an obligation to hear the feel the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. 
Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Turning page, hang on. For Christ did not please himself, but as it's written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given by the patriarchs and in order that those Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the peoples extol him. And again Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So um, this is like a, a, a super interesting section of scripture we've been dabbling in for probably the last three weeks. I just want to add something. Sure, go ahead. My translation at the end of that verse, and I'm really adding this because I thought it was really cool, mm-hmm. uh, just, doesn't just say with hope. It says with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and actually, um, so you're reading NIV, right? I think so. I believe I actually set up the study uh, by reading NIV. I happened to read the ESV just now. And so the original translation I was looking at also said um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, which I think is important. I, I agree that that's correct. Um, you know, different translations and sometimes, and, and when I looked, because I actually looked that section of scripture up in the Greek language, um, I, I think that it's essential that that part of the translation be there. And Let me put it that way. Mom's favorite thing to do when we're, like, doing Bible or if we're there on Sunday is to just, like, uh, look up the Greek translation. She's like, I feel like this verse has more to say. Right. And 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 actually, like, literally the, the Greek word for power is is in there. You know what I'm saying? So so I, I almost feel like why why wasn't that added in this translation? because it seems clear that Paul means to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that he does so rightly in the context of the rest of the Bible. Um, so I'll actually talk a little bit about that. I appreciate you adding that. That was well added. Um, so we've been in this really hard section of scripture. I think that we always have this image of the church of Acts being this warm, lovely place where people were, being comforted from this external persecution, okay? <laughs> and and we get this picture in this section of scripture between Romans 14 and 15, but that's definitely not the case, that there is some inward dissension within the church um, and, and, frankly, a lot of discriminatory practices going on. Um, that That's what we would have labeled it at this time, Um in, in modern times, we would have been like, wow, that's just straight up discriminatory. <laughs> like, that's difficult. Really what you have is a culture clash, and the culture clash involves a culture, we're going to think about the Jewish culture for a minute, that really never mixed with pagan cultures at all. They, they were very isolated, and they were used to doing things their own way, 
and sticking around with people who did things their way. That that kind of that that was kind of the reality of um, the the Jews, even though they were in Rome. They kind of had their own section of town. They worshipped their own way. They didn't generally share meals with uh, people with a Gentile descent. Uh, they didn't mix with the Gentiles during worship. So it was it, it was a very isolated culture. So you can imagine this movement towards being accepting of traditions outside of their own being extremely challenging for a culture that's never had to do that before. You know, so that's kind of that's kind of where we're at, um, and we've gotten through uh, a place where, and, and I'm actually going to refer back to um, some teaching we did last, you know, the last time we met, which wasn't last week, but a couple weeks ago, and then a, cu- a couple weeks before that, um, where we're talking about different traditions. So um, I've often heard it said that the biggest problem with the church is that it's filled with people. Right? That's what we all hear. It's filled with people, and sometimes they're sinful, and, and, and we bring our sin with us to church, too. Something I've heard is that, like, they're afraid they're going to get judged. I'm like, what do you think happens in there? <laughs> it, 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 it is. You know, you've got, you've got a bunch of people in church. They're in church for a reason. Right? They're in church because they understand that they need um, help and support and um, that they're full of sin. And so, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, our sin will like, you know, kind of spill over on other people. God Most bless those people who are able to actually know when they sin. Uh, they're not as hard-headed as me. Right, 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 right. Um, well, that's okay. You're young. You're learning. He just turned 12 yesterday, so uh, <laughs> so we're still growing. Um, we believe that church should be a safe place for us, but it's often a place of contention and a source of church hurt, which is one of the deepest um, hurts, in my opinion, because you go to church believing you're always going to be restored right. and that people are always going to take good care of you. That's just not, you know, people are people and it doesn't matter if they're in the four walls of the church or outside. Um, there's still people. We still sin. Uh, apparently dissension and hurt within the church is as old as the old, as, as the New Testament. Um, we've been talking for a couple weeks about the challenges of the Roman church faced between Jewish believers and Gentiles. Uh, they had such different backgrounds and cultural practices, and the contentions and criticisms of one another had become so disruptive that Paul actually writes a letter to intervene. Um, so, <laughs> that does not happen. No. Uh, so a big deal about this letter is Paul is actually just writing to be like, y'all, please stop fighting. Okay? Please please cut it out. Just stop. Right. And, and so he's addressing um, this point, which I think is really um, poignant for our, our church today. And that is the difference between sin and social norms. Um, Paul doesn't argue that the church ought to overlook sin. On the contrary, um, there are many times where Paul's writing in the epistles address sin amongst the members of the church. Not necessarily in this particular letter, but there are plenty of times when we see him actually addressing sin within the church. He even confronts one church in Corinth of being too permissive and insists on the excommunication of a member. Um, we can find that in uh, 1 Corinthians 5.12. you have that pulled up? I, as a matter of fact, I do. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those on the inside? So that, 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 that question there, he's saying, 
you ask yourselves, right? Right. What what business is it of mine, right? Right. Are you not to judge those on the inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked men from among you. That that sounds harsh, right? Yeah. Yeah, except he's having um he's having an affair with I believe it's his mother in law or his mother. Like it's really like there's there's some twisted stuff going on sometimes, okay? And so he's not saying to overlook sin. In fact, he's chastising this church for overlooking sin. Okay? <laughs> so he's clearly not saying, hey, guys, let's just be super permissive and let people do whatever. But he um, spends, if you were with us for the study of Chapter 14, he spends a lot of time, um, right, really, really trying to sever that bit between what is actually sin and what is just socially normative. Um, what is it that we have done as um, good, observant Jews all of our lives, but is now no longer essential because Jesus is our Sabbath, okay? Um, so he's talking here about the social normative behaviors of following Jewish laws and customs um, versus adhering to Gentile traditions. Chapter 14 talks in detail over concerns over things like eating meat dedicated to idols, um, which does seem like that could, you know, make you uneasy, right? Um, makes sense. <laughs> does make sense. Okay. Um, and keeping the Sabbath day, um, which, of course, the Sabbath day would have been um, observed very strictly by the, by the Jews among them and certainly less strictly by the Gentiles, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so these were issues that he considered of personal conviction, not sin, but they were causing a great deal of disunity and judgment within the church. Um, so why should we care about being unified? I mean, if I have, yeah, that he does. <laughs> like if I have one opinion and you have one opinion, can't I just be like annoyed at you for your opinion? Yes. I mean, I can, but what does Jesus call us to do? <laughs> I can, I can, but that's not, you know, so Jesus actually prays for our unity as a body of believers. Um, and we can see that in John 17, 20 through 23. Do you have that one? I respected you. <laughs> yeah, wow. I was stretching, Mom. Were you? <laughs> Mom started tapping me on the leg because I was stretching. <laughs> Go! My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. She's talking, by the way. Yeah. Um, May they also be in us so that the world, world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be ones as we are. They may be one as we are one. In them, I, in them, and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved me even as you have loved me. Okay, so when we're thinking about this passage, it seems it seems pretty clear yeah. that um, that unity is really important to God, and He even uses the example like. That, that Jesus and God are one, and in the same way he wants us to be one with one another, and then also one with him. Um, 
And so clearly this is, this is a really important concept, right? Um, so it seems a little strange out of all the things for Jesus to pray for. Like, doesn't it, like, wouldn't you think he would want to pray for us to be merciful or for us to be gracious or forgiving, for us to be kind? No, but what he's really praying for is that we are one, one that we're unified, but we're also unified with the Holy Spirit. So I suppose all those fruits of the Spirit, they come with being unified in that way, right? So, um, so that's why he's praying for unity. Um, but let's see why specifically we can come up with that he is praying for our unity. Okay, let's check that out here. Um, While you're looking at that, I just wanted to say, sorry. <laughs> I was just no, thinking while you guys were talking about the Okay. I was just thinking while you guys are talking about the body and how we're constantly referred to as a body of Christ that, similar to our own bodies, if any one piece is unhealthy or not working with the others, like we don't function at our best. We don't um, operate to our fullest. And I feel like that's a lot how the Lord feels about his church body, that if a part of us is broken or hurting or not doing well, then as a whole... Our body isn't functioning as its fullest in order to glorify our Lord. Yeah, and I actually think that that's so poignant. Um, and let me tell you how in tune you are with the Holy Spirit and what's going on is that um, that's literally the next thing we're going to teach on. <laughs> that was precisely <laughs> where we were going. So great job. That is awesome. <laughs> I just Love wanted to when that, that happens. <laughs> Fabulous. Yes. No, I think that's great. So, yeah, so to the point, we're meant to function together. We were created with unity in mind. Like, so so God knows when he's creating us that, you know, we're going to um, submit to his authority and become a part of his functioning body. And we're created with this unity in mind. That whole plan that he has laid out for us is not a plan for us working as this isolated person. It's a plan for us to work as a unified body. So we're we're going to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 12 through 20. I'm trying to find that real quick. Okay. For just, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how would, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell but as it is, God arranged for the members of one body and each one of them as he chose. Um, just checking to see how far I'm supposed to read. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So we were actually created to function together. And um, when we're not acting in unity, could you imagine? I mean, we do imagine this, but we call this disease. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, could you imagine if you had one organ of the body that just decided it didn't want to work the way it was supposed to? So like the appendix? Sure, sure. It's like your appendix burst or like, you know, your kidneys just like, mm, I don't want to do kidney things anymore. Like, you can die. Okay? <laughs> right, like you can die. Um, you know, you, you could consider your foot maybe a slightly less mortally important part of your body, but if it decided to stop doing foot things, and it, it would it greatly impair your ability to walk around and do things, right? Yes, that it's a good thing that limbs and body functions don't have brains. It is. It is for sure. Except within the church, they do. They have, and they have minds of their own and strong wills, and sometimes we act in rebellion against God, and that's kind of crazy, right? Um, so when you're a part of the body of Christ, and then all of a sudden you want to start functioning independently and in um, in opposition to the way God created you, that can be really, really challenging, right? Yep. So um, we know that God created us and created us with purpose in mind. And the purpose in mind that he created us with was for us to be a functioning part of a living and active body in the church. Yep. Okay. So number two is it makes our witness so much more powerful when we're acting and speaking and living in unity. So we actually find this in our, in our source text today, uh, Romans 15, 5 through 6. You got I that one? I have that pulled up because I knew that you were going to be like, <laughs> Yo, come on now. Help me out. Help me out, brother. May God who gives endurance and, you, and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Jesus Christ, so that with one heart and one mouth you may unify, um, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. So um, our praise, oh, wait, don't, don't put that away. I'm actually going to have you read the next one out of your version because I liked your version better. Um, remember we were talking about how um, in this particular one, your translation was actually a little bit better here. So, um, so yeah, it makes our witness so much more powerful. We're all uh, praising the Lord together in unity, and um, there's not a bunch of dissension. I can't tell you how often I talk to someone who's not a Christian believer, and they're like, why should I even look at the gospel? You guys can't even agree amongst yourselves with all this infighting, right? That's a little harsh. I, was, I mean, it is a little harsh, but is it wrong? I mean, no, I'm just saying it's a little harsh. <laughs> it's a little harsh, but, but I get it. Like, there's truth there. So, um, you know. Are they wrong? No, I'm just saying it's a little harsh. <laughs> right, right, right. So there's power in the unity of the church. And when we're disunified, it can be really challenging. Um, how about number three here? Um, so that our hope and faith will partner with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is, I feel like, the one thing that um, God has really been showing me and teaching me personally is that when we're disunified, um, it's it's that whole picture of Jesus and the Father and the Spirit being one in, in unity and the believers being one with each other and then also one with God. When we're not, when we break away from that, we are, um, we're, we're literally making it so that it's, it's difficult for God to be able to move through this organization that we call the church. Right. You know, if we want God and the Holy Spirit to show up and do 
Holy Spirit things, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Holy Spirit things. There's only so many human things that we can do, but, but God does awesome things through the Holy Spirit. And I know, like, as believers, we're often like, where's the Holy Spirit? Well, I mean, it, it could totally be us, not in alignment, in unity with, with God, kind of blocking the ability of the Holy Spirit to be able to work and move in our midst. So you have um, Romans 15, 13. This is, again, from our source text today. Um, but could you read that? Sure. So I'm here for it. the God of hope. <laughs> The God of hope, I mean, and, and I'm your kid, but, you know. And you're my kid, and, and I really like your insight, too. So that's good. And I meant to read the verse. And, and I do like it when you read the verse. <laughs> May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Perfect. Exactly. But I just imagine someone, like, pouring beer into one of those flasks and just, like, because it overflows. That's that's funny. That's got to be a cartoon image because we don't drink beer here. Yeah. <laughs> to clarify, that's not how we're ending our weekend. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so to overflowing, right? Yeah. Um, and so if we want to outflow and overflow with the Holy Spirit, we need to be acting in unity. Um, so what is God calling us to do in this whole scenario? Okay, we're supposed to be in unity. What does that mean? mean okay um so obviously we're not supposed to be stirring up contention right right like that's the whole thing that you know um when you're in a church body when you're in the body of christ there can be an awful lot of things that you don't agree with (laughs) there can be a lot of things that individuals do there can be a lot of things that organizations do there can be a lot of choices made and um obviously we're not supposed to uh, stir up contention there, right? Uh, right, you know, go to God, pray about it, you yeah, know, he's right, perfect, perfectly able to handle that. Holy guacamole, then, um, But it can be really just, holy guacamole, I don't know, wow. <laughs> so, um, uh, we, we, um, we know that we in unity with people who have diverse backgrounds, upbringings, and experiences can be super difficult. We need to add to that the difference of opinions of how we reach common goals and the challenges that come with personal growth in Jesus. And we can have some real potential challenges on our hands. Um, You know, I think that most of the time as Christians, we all kind of go to church knowing that we want to bring the gospel of Christ to the world. If we don't know that, um, we might want to be praying for that church. (laughs) I'll just say, like, uh, we're we're all called to help in this endeavor, but we all have different ideas of what that's supposed to look like. And that can be really, really difficult. So even if we have the same goal in mind, we can have some very diverse perspectives on how that's supposed to happen. Um, The church in Rome was also facing some super intense persecution from the outside. How important do you think that unity within the church was so much danger outside of the church? How, How important do you think that was? I mean, these people really kind of needed a place to run to. Right, yeah, really right, right, right. Because the world outside, remember at this point, this is, when this letter was written, this is just before, about five years before the great persecution of Nero happened. So there's some, some intensifying persecution happening of the Christian church. They're not quite getting killed and slaughtered yet. But it's coming. It's really coming. 
And there needs to be no enemy within the church because the enemy external to the church is trying to extinguish them. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about that. Um, so I feel like in the modern church, what's right my <laughs> right, right, just this intensifying of um, of it not being okay to you know hold certain beliefs or attitudes or thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for them, it was going to it, it was you know, getting worse and worse and worse progressively. And and could we see that sort of thing happen here? I, yeah, definitely. You know, maybe not throwing to the lions and, and being... Yeah, maybe not being whacked. Maybe not being whacked and thrown to a <laughs> ball fire, but... Right, that certainly might be a little Different extreme, kind but, of lion. You know, I mean, you never know. In our day. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, but, but still, you know, you can be canceled. You can be... You know, you can you can have things happen to you. You can have your Facebook page shut down. You could have your Facebook page shut down. <laughs> you know what good. <laughs> right. I don't know anybody that that's happened to. <laughs> I, I, I kind of have the uh, feeling, you can't cancel me. I'm not important enough yet. <laughs> but apparently I can't be canceled. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's no different then than it is now. That people oh, right, have their right. own way you know, of it, doing things. Right. Well, I'm, and, I'm very thankful that we're not getting waxed and burned at the stake anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have much less of a problem with having my Facebook page shut down. That's okay. <laughs> Ooh, and being beheaded, that's a good point. Right, yeah, but, like, there's, there's nothing like that going on. But, you know, yeah, like I said, you know, end times will come. I'm sure there's going to be some bad that goes along with that. But for right now, um you know, it, it's not the same intensity, let's put it that way. So um, so what's our obligation to the church to be in unity with them? I think, first of all, we need to stay focused on um, the goal. And, of course, our goal is the Great Commission. Our goal is to, um, to unify ourselves behind bringing the gospel to all the nations, right? And so uh, I feel like when we focus ourselves on that one goal and move forward in that one way, sometimes our little petty arguments amongst each other can be derailed because we just are focusing on Christ and what the goal is. Um, so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 9.24. Um, I actually have that pulled up. So, yeah, do you want to do you want to read that for us, buddy? That's what I'm here for. Holy guacamole, Dynamo. Do you not know that in a race all, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run such a way as to get the prize. Right, and that means not to be spending our time passing judgment, right? We're supposed to be focusing on the race. Um, that really matters here, right? So I'm looking here for our next verse, uh, which is going to be Hebrews, Hebrews 12:14. There was a comedy special that was talking about Hebrews, and I can never pronounce it correctly after that. Hebrews. Hebrews. Um, <laughs> So Hebrews twelve fourteen. Um, let me see here. I need to get to it. Probably should have pre-marked this. 
So I apologize for the delay there. That's 16th. You know I just missed the one page. Okay. Strive for peace with everyone, for the holiness without which no one can see the Lord. Um, so we're supposed to be striving to be peaceful uh, with those people around us, um, with our co-laborers, as I like to call them, right? Um, and it also says not to pass judgment. Let's look here at Romans 14.10. So this was actually part of our last teaching where we were talking about not passing judgment on the one hand and not causing other people to stumble. So the first part was Romans 14.10, why do you pass judgment on your brother or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Um, So saying that God is the judge there, so we shouldn't be passing judgment on our brother. And then I can catch this one because it's like right here underneath there. Um, Also, we should be focusing on being intentional about not causing our brother to stumble. Uh, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Now, stumbling block or hindrance in this case, um, he is really referring not just to um, exercising our freedom, okay, which he does talk about. He talks about exercising our freedom in um, not wanting to uh, sin, in a, or, or not wanting to exercise our freedom in front of someone who would consider it sin and therefore causing them to stumble. But also he's talking about not stirring up dissension with someone and causing them to stumble, okay? It's not accusing people of being less godly or less Christian than us, right? And, and then... Like bloating or, uh, sorry, like uh, bloating our Christianity over them. Right, like, you know, be humble and keep it to yourself unless it's real sin, okay? <laughs> How about that? How about that? Um, and then let's look here. Um, Matthew, we have that one pulled up. Yeah, um, we're we're supposed to make peace wherever we can, and um, this is actually Jesus speaking in this one, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna pull out the big fat red letters. <laughs> Can't deny I, I that. I have red letters in it. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. All right, go ahead. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Racha, is swearable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in the danger of the fire of hell. (laughs) Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Harsh. Yeah, that's hard. That's tough stuff. So um, we're called to be unified as the body of Christ, and by doing so, we're positioning ourselves to allow the Holy Spirit to move in power and renew our hope when times get tough. And certainly the Church of Rome needed that message at that time. So um, I think now, did did anybody have anything that they wanted to add at this point? (laughs) I think other than Pongo. Pongo's up here uh, breathing heavily into the microphone. Uh, (laughs) Anybody at all? Well, right, I was just thinking that. Oh, Matt. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking that so much of everything, like with the dissension and everything, like people just get their eyes off of God and put eyes on themselves. 
even though we have the same goal, it's still my way or how I want it or in my timing. Um, and in I think it's Romans 15:5, the first line is the God of patience, and it just reminds us yeah. to be like Him in that and how if we're like Him in those ways, like the enemy loves to attack from within, and so as much as he can with our pride and our selfishness, even though it's for good things, it's in those times when dissension starts to happen or um, pride or selfishness or anger and all of that comes up. It's when it's off of God and onto self, even if it's over godly things, which I always found very interesting. Right. Right, right, right. I mean, like, you know, even within our own church, um, because uh, for those audience members who don't know, uh, Madeline does amazing things over at our church, uh, but but we recently had a change of leadership, and with the change of leadership is going to come some retooling and some redirection, and that can that can be really hard for people who've been around the church for a while um, to be able to adjust and accept and 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 um, to understand where there is a difference of opinion, you know, a personal preference or a personal conviction versus you know, when when things have moved beyond that and into a zone where it, it's not something that um, they, they should stand by. So it can be really, really tough. Um, you know, like doing life together in a church can be challenging, and it's, it's good for us not to ignore it and pretend like it's just always easygoing because it's not. People are still people inside the church and outside the church. So, um, you know, and, and even godly, amazing people it can be very, very difficult. So um, with that, we're going to go ahead and head to another commercial break. We're hearing our awesome guests, awesome testimony. Yep, and that'll be super fun. <laughs> so um, we will see you in just a few minutes. Hang on. That's right. The Jokers and Jesters comedy tour is back on the road. We are currently promoting our second Amazon Prime special, Jokers and Jesters, the next special. We will be touring small towns across this great country of ours. So for our tour dates, follow us on Facebook at Jokers and Jester Comedy Tour or at our website, jokersandjester.com. It's a great night of music, laughter, and magic. Don't miss us as we come to a small town near you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty Lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom Show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. 
live. Here we go. All right. Well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. Uh, this is your host, Felicia. And now it is actually, do you know, from all the people who listen to the show, listen to it on podcast, listen to it live, um, all the people who have given me feedback, do you know what they say their very favorite part of the show is? Can you introduce us? No, but that is one of my favorite parts, which is just so great. But um, actually, they really enjoy hearing from all the guests for their their testimonies because, you know, um, there was, there's a song out. I don't even remember what song it is right now, but but um, during the worship set, they they said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy because if he's done it for another person, he can do it again. Right, and so it's so encouraging to hear the prophecy of or the the testimony of people who have been through what we've gone through and walked through some hard things. Um, yes, to see. So, um, so today we're going to introduce our guest. Her name's Madeline Benazak. Am I getting this right? I'm so That's nervous great. about mispronouncing the name. Benazak. Okay. Perfect. Um, She's actually the director of ministry development at Cornerstone Church Academy and Preschool. Um, so, and I'm going to be honest, like, that's a super fancy title. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't even know, like, I think you just do everything. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where the task start and stop, but she's got her fingers involved in all of the powerful ministries going on in the church. Uh, she is an incredible support system for the church. Um, that there are the people who just make things happen, and that's definitely Madeline. Uh, she's in there just helping to move things along and make things happen. And so, um, you know, she's a beautiful mother, and I know that she's a parent there over at the academy. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what Jesus has done in your life and uh, how he's made this huge impact for you. Okay, well, thank you, first of all, for having me on your show, and happy belated birthday, Cross, and happy one-year anniversary. That's amazing. Um, I was born born and raised in Las Vegas. My family moved here from the Philippines, pregnant with me, so my brother and my sister were born there, and I was the first one born here. Um, so a lot of our life is a little different, right? Um Growing up, if you're Filipino, it's like you're automatically Catholic. That's just sort of how it used to roll back in the day. So growing up, I went to Catholic church. Um, not really, you know, it was like a definitely a check off the list. Like we went to church, we sat there, we stood up, we sat down, we kneeled, we did all the things. Um, and it wasn't really until my parents met some friends and we started going to a Christian church. And... It was all in Tagalog, which is like our native Filipino language. So we went, and we didn't really, I didn't really understand. We had a really awesome Sunday school teacher, um, and she started teaching us more about a relationship with Jesus and who this Jesus is, and it was so different from the years and years of Catholicism and the legalism of don't sin or you're going to hell. And so that was sort of my upbringing. And then when I was maybe 18 or 19, I went was visiting different churches with friends. And I was in a church, and the sermon that day was, 
God doesn't even need to look at you. He just needs to see who your friends are. And I was like, oh, well, that's not very good at this point in my life. And so that's when I sort of became curious um, and I wanted to know more. And on that day, I thought I gave my life to the Lord, but I really continued to live my life. And so not a life for him. Mm-hmm. And maybe a year later, right. um, I went to a church, a smaller church. Our friends were actually the pastor, and we were in, like, a room at the community college, and it was the same message <laughs> about God doesn't need to know ah. who you are, just needs to see your friends are. And at that moment, I broke, and I just knew that I heard the Lord. And I would say since then, I've been walking side by side as best I could. Um, so it's definitely like, man, if God can use someone like me who has been through a crazy, crazy, uh, past of, I had my son when I was 16 through a very physically abusive person and now married to the most wonderful man who adopted him and a beautiful daughter and a grandchild, so... If you're listening and you don't think God could use you because you've been through things, it's the total opposite. God can do so much, and your testimony is so big. So that's my story. <laughs> I love it. I think that's so wonderful. And I, and 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 I too, you know, I I mean, I'm on the radio a lot. Oddly enough, I don't think that I've ever actually shared my testimony. Yeah, um, that's. You, just share <laughs> you know, I talk so much. So I don't know if they want to hear from me more, but um, but but the people who know me know that I I definitely have been through a lot and and uh, I think that God positions people who have been through some really hard times, especially because they have an ability to be able to say, hey, it's not me, it's not me that's special, it's 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 God, you know, it, it's. I, I am ordinary. The extraordinary thing is that the God of the universe decided that he wanted to have a relationship with us so much that he was willing to go through all this in order to be able to redeem me. And there's nothing extraordinary about me except the extraordinary God that came to save me, you know. Um, and, and you know, I've, I've been through um, – some pretty serious abuse and, 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 uh, twice divorced. And, you know, um, my, my Mariah who's here and, and just, um, just, just quiet today. She, uh, she's been through a lot of it with me, you know what I mean? So, um, it, it, it is definitely a testimony of how God and his perfection can reach into our, um, challenges and our, uh, in my case, bad decisions. That's <laughs> a few bad decisions, and still make something truly beautiful out of it. You know. Um, so tell us a yeah, little the bit word about grace how God is, is so big. It is. It is. Um, tell us a little bit more about God's done some miraculous things in positioning you in a place, not just where you know you're saved and you're part of His family, and and that's wonderful. Um, but then he was like, okay, but now I really want to use you in my mission. Now I really want to see you, like, moving your giftings for me. So I know um, when I first met you, 
um, you had just started coming to our church, and you were working, uh, doing marketing for Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. Which we yeah. all know is God's right? That's God's, God's chicken. chicken to right? God's church. Here I am. <laughs> Yeah, so my whole life, like, I have been in some form of marketing or business development. So those two things and church don't ever really coincide. Um, We have served our whole life as a family in different secular and, um, and church and ministries, like, in big ways. And so it's always been a part of our life, but never my occupation, if that makes sense. So the jump didn't really feel too much of a jump. It just is strange that this is my occupation. Um, But just having, I don't, we've just, we're here so much. My daughter did go to school here for a long time. Um, So we were really involved in that. And I think one of the things I heard, I heard a lot because we went to a different church, but we went to school here was that it's a church and a school, it's a church and a school. And being such a big part of the school for so long and then being a part of the church, I feel like the Lord was like, this is my house. I don't, like, it's just my house. When I first came on board um, in the third grade, when Mia was in the third grade, so she's in ninth grade now, so she's in high school, um, We, uh, I sat in a meeting, and it was like six parents, and they were like, I just want to make sure that the pastors don't get any of the money. And I was like, what are they talking about? Like, this is crazy. Um And so in the past five or six years, something that's just been really big on my heart that the Lord has been clear as day on is that unity, which is funny that that was what your message was today. (laughs) Um, Right? (laughs) Just bringing unity into like um, all the different pieces, right? Like the coexisting of all of it, because at the end of the day, like the Lord built these four walls. So that lives could be changed, whether it's in the school or the performing arts or the church or the nursery. The goal is the same. The heart is the same. So how do we communicate that and how do we move forward growing in that healthy body? Right. So that's why I'm here. (laughs) Well, I think that's really great. In the church. Um, At a, at, a, at a real job in the church, right? Yeah, still blows <laughs> um, my mind. Helping. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, you know, and such a blessing to be able to to work in a capacity that serves the Lord, which is your heart anyway. And I know you to, I know you well enough to know that that is really, really your heart. There, it's just to be able to serve the Lord um, in every capacity. And um, I've gotten a chance because because I'm currently serving in the youth ministries there. I've gotten a chance to start to get to know your kids. They're, you know, awesome. So um, it's it's so fun um, being able to be in that kind of a position. Um, What do you feel like is the area where God has grown you the most? I don't want to say it's growing you right now because it might be too tender, right? (laughs) Sometimes when God's growing me right now, it's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but but grown you the most um, at where you found just the richest blessing in having a relationship with, with God? I think a lot of it relates to what we were talking about today of just like it's just about him. None of it is me. 
and just that constant reminder, but also that um, gentle reminder that when I'm dealing with others that their journey may look a little different and they're still in that process of emptying themselves out, going towards Jesus, but that they're going towards Jesus right. and that's where the blessing is. Um, but right, having right, those right. different I, I, eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I feel that because and, I know I know for me a lot of my journey um, – so interestingly enough, I, I feel like a lot of people um, go through really hard times, and I've heard a lot of testimonies at this point, okay? Uh, I've heard a lot of testimonies. And I feel like a lot of people do uh, their major screw-ups before they come to Jesus. But just the way that everything laid out for me, I came to Jesus at about 16 but wasn't able to start attending church until I was about 19. Um, and so that's just when you're starting to spread your wings as a young adult. So um, uh, how, how do I say this? I have a young adult in the room, so I want to be gentle in saying this, okay? Um, she's maybe stupid. I, I, I'm not saying we be stupid, but I must say I definitely was, okay? <laughs> I, I was fairly ignorant in the ways of the world, and I was definitely ignorant in the ways of church and, and in the ways of uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. Mom, it's fine. I understand. You were a millennial. Uh, no, I was not. I'm I, I was a Gen Xer, and, and, and so we kind of had that, we did kind of have that whole, like, you know, uh, leave me alone to my box of cereal and my video games type of an attitude. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't really know how to follow the Spirit. And so for the first, I'm going to say, six or seven years of being a Christian, um, you saw major mistake after major mistake after major mistake and and um to the point where i've had people say so like were you even really saved well yeah i just i just really had not learned at all on you know i i go to church on sunday i would be making massive changes in my life but i really didn't understand how to follow the holy spirit and it just resulted in some some pretty negative things so, you know, everybody's story is a little bit different, but mine certainly, see, uh, you know, if you, if you look at my story, you're like, wow, that's, that's rough because how do you reconcile making all your mistakes before, like after you're a Christian, you know? Um, <laughs> before I was a Christian, I was actually a pretty good girl. After I was a Christian, I was a good girl, but just, just making really bad, poor judgment, poor judgment. And for um, all and those it took me a lot. past, present, and future, the Lord died for us like that's so amazing to me like I'm in awe I cry all the time like all the time about just how amazing God is and I can't even believe it like it's so unbelievable of like you love me that much I'm worth that much to you Lord like just wow that's my heart is always there right and and he's just so gracious like every time every time I would fall right every time and then it's we're talking about this unity up. thing of how God can do that for us, but then here we are <laughs> getting upset or right. crazy about the tiniest details when, like, look what God did for me and who am I to X, Y, Z. So that is always like a quick, humbling, like, get it together, Madeline moment for me. Right, right. Like, it, like he's done it all for you. All you have to do is just submit to him and allow him to do his thing. Um, it, it, it is a little overwhelming sometimes. It, it's a little crazy sometimes. But 
but when you do, when you're focused on just getting in the same in the same movement, the same direction as God and the Holy Spirit is moving and uh, he does amazing things, you know, and, and none of it ever has anything to do with me. It's, it's always him. So um, I know we have a, a listener joining us online right now. I want to shout out to Joseph. Um, we're actually going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, uh, we're going to do some Q&A and uh, you guys can feel free to call in. You can feel free to text. Um, over on the chat there if you have any questions or comments, and we'll read them online or on air. We'll see you in about three minutes. We're already online. Right, we are online. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. That's right. The Jokers and Jesters Comedy Tour is back on the road. We are currently promoting our second Amazon Prime special, Jokers and Jesters, the next special. We will be touring small towns across this great country of ours. So for our tour dates, follow us on Facebook at Jokers and Jester Comedy Tour or at our website, jokersandjester.com. It's a great night of music, laughter, and magic. Don't miss us as we come to a small town near you. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. Please check out the Proof Negative Radio Show, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, that is 6 to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast, with excellent co-host, outstanding guests, and lots of great conversation. We can even take your calls. The number is 319-527-6208, and just press lucky number one, and you will be on the Proof Negative radio show. All right, well, welcome back, and we're going to do our Q&A session. We do have folks joining us online. The chat room is open if you have questions, uh, comments, concerns. If you want to answer one of the questions, I'm happy to read your response on air. Um, also, you can call in. Guest call in is? 702-319-527. It's actually not a 702. It's 319. Oh, 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. Be sure and press 1. That puts a little hand up so that we know that you are not just listening and actually want to talk to us. So um, our first, does, they, does anybody have any additional um, questions about our testimony that, that we heard today? 
No, we're going to roll right into the Q&A then for the Bible study, right? She did awesome. She did amazing. I was so proud. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thanks, guys. That, Thanks, so, guys. <laughs> she's not crazy obnoxious like me and, and, and just talking all the time. <laughs> she was, she's a little... So she did a really, really good job. Uh, so it's easier than talking on stage at church, right? <laughs> yes. So Also not um, my favorite. Yeah, that's... <laughs> No, I, I don't blame you. That's that's harder, I think. So um, let's, let's ask our first question. Can you think of a time where God did great things through the unity of the body of Christ? I think we're in when that I right now this. at Cornerstone. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me. Okay. <laughs> no, no. No, talk to me about this. Go ahead. Oh, Tell okay. Me. I'm I think excited. in this now, I think that we're in this movement of growth and this I mean, on the back side of the church, we have a whole new team um, that the Lord has put together. And I feel like we're in this healthy place of growth. And I see it in the congregation and I see it in the studies and the events that we're doing and the fellowship that's happening and, and the baptisms and the, the next steps. Like, I see physically God moving here and it's exciting. Yeah, no, it was. Um, it, it it is fun to see the Holy Spirit moving. I. Um, so this wasn't what my answer was to this question. So I'll tell my answer in a little bit. Okay, <laughs> but um, I was I was leaving church, and now I'm going to out myself. Are you ready for this? Because um, every once in a while, uh, so those of you who don't know, my daughter Mariah, she owns a business called Paint the Town Fun. It's a face painting and balloon twisting business. And so she hires yeah. out artists for children's events and parties. She's a rock star. And every once in a while, I get the, the distinct privilege of being able to work an event for her. Um, and so I was going to a retail outlet to work for her after church on Sunday. And, you know, it's, it's well known between us that if, it's, if I'm going in on Sunday, I'm going to sit through the entire service, so I'm going to be a few minutes late. And I'm walking out through church, and I'm like, you know, you have your mindset on, I've got to go, I'm running late, I need to get to work, <laughs> right? And I literally start to walk out the door, and I get almost to the door jam, and I hear the Lord speak to me, go pray for that lady. And I'm like, I'm late for work, yo. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm late. I got to, you know, I mean, I wasn't late yet, but I was going to be if I had to stop and pray, right? Okay. So... <laughs> And you were. Uh, and I was. I ended up being late because um, we prayed over her, and, and she had just had a seizure. And, um, like in the know, middle of service. Too. In the middle of service, and she was having a really hard time recovering. And um, through the laying on of, of hands and the prayer, she was able to recover fully immediately, which was super-duper awesome. Um, it, was like, it was like all over my body. It was cold, but it was warm. Right, right. That was like this whole experience that I got to be a part of because I listened to God. And when I came and prayed for her, I'm literally thinking to myself, I'm going to have to go. Like, I need someone to come help me. Right. But I didn't stop. I just went and, and prayed for her. And then, um, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of people who are amazing prayer warriors came over, laid hands and prayed with me. So, um, you know, and, and then, of course, I didn't go. 
because then I needed to find out what happened, right? <laughs> I was playing, while all the story was happening, I was playing with my friends, and I saw mom playing hands with this girl. I was like, okay, I better go see what's going on. And I was like, hey, are you okay? And uh, you were like, hey, why don't you come pray with us? I was like, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was a fun experience, right? It's, it's good to be praying when God's moving. So that's, that's my out. Sorry, boss. That's why I was a little later. <laughs> That's a good reason. That's a good reason. I, you know what? I knew you'd be okay with that. So, <laughs> I'm like, she'll be, she'll, she'll forgive me. Um, we have to pray for healing right now. So, um, anyway, but, but yeah, like you, you can totally um, see the spirit moving in different ways, and, and it's uh, fun to be able to be a part of that. Um, I think that the time that I think of. Uh, and Mariah, I don't know, you were there, but I don't know if you were, will remember this because it was a while ago that um, I can really remember seeing the body of Christ. So now we're not just talking about, like, our church, right? We're talking about the broader church body in, in the city of Las Vegas um, moving together was uh, Pastor Chris had uh, – Pastor Chris there, and he's been a guest of ours before um, – had – had kind of formed an established um, uh, community of churches that would work together to do community events. And I remember getting together with, let's say, at least four, but maybe five other churches in the valley and um, doing a neighborhood cleanup and um, inner city ministry. And just kind of feeling how awesome it was to come together, not just as a church, but as a church body, as the body of Christ, and lending all of our talents and our time and our gifting to be able to help, um, you know, clean up the streets and pray for people and um, share the gospel and minister in uh, a central location in town. That was really, really fun. Um, Let me see here. Okay, so I have a, a question here. What can Christians do today other than praying uh, to resist 927-10-9 and send off all the evil corruption with the coming new world order that, will, that they'll be pushing upon us? Um, okay, that, that's a, actually, that's a pretty serious question. Does anybody want to field that other than, other than me? So they're talking about... Um, I mean, you know, they're, they're talking about end times. They're talking about uh, new world order, corruption within the government systems, and um, things like that. <laughs> like, so he wants to know what else we can do other than pray. Other than pray. Other than just praying. Um, if that ever happened, I'd probably call my friends laugh and say, I told you so. Okay. But that's not really quite the know, Christian thing to right, do. Right, right. Don't, I don't know that that would be super beneficial. So, so I would say, go ahead. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and mm-hmm. if I remember everything from Revelations correctly, that this is going to be quite a eventful and scary time. Sure. So it's going to be a lot of extending grace and help in a loving manner, mm-hmm. because we are the hands and feet of Jesus. So essentially, what would Jesus do? He would go out of his way. He would go the extra mile to help the people in need and to encourage and to share like, Hey, it's not too late. Let's, let's pray. Let's, let's pray, but also let's do things. Let's go out to the people and do the great commission while we still have time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd actually be like 100% in agreement there. So um, Jesus didn't come as a political figure. Um, and that's not to say that politics isn't a real world problem. Um, that's to say that it seems to me that Jesus and God prioritizes the spiritual um, wholeness and wellness of individuals above political corruptness and bad government. In fact, I would say that usually um, our, <laughs> our chastisement for our uh, breaking away from being submitted to God comes in the form of him putting bad leaders over us. Um, <laughs> at least that's, that's, that's how you see it in the Bible, right? Um, and so Ahab and right, I, I've been reminded as I've been thoughtful about, um, some of the really scary evil things that surround us in the modern time that, um, that end times will come, but God really asks us to focus on the, the spiritual wellness of the individual that we're not supposed to let loose of the great commission at any point in time, that with our little time, our focus should 100% be on pursuing every single person that we can. Now, I believe that that God can do amazing things, and I believe that there are some very evil um, plans in place. Um, I I don't – I always hate to say, like, people are evil, because I think that people are generally tools in the hands of evil ones, Um, that our – our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the, the spiritual principalities in this world. And so, um, yes, we're supposed to be covering even evil people in prayer, but pursuing them with the gospel, knowing that God can change um, anyone. Uh, we know revelation is going to happen. We know the end times is going to happen, and we know it's going to be not pretty. It's not going to be fun to walk through. Um, you know, and we know that because it's written in the Bible as prophecy that it's going to happen. Um, But what God really asks us to do is to stand firm on his truth and to pursue every soul, every soul. So my, my focus has been every soul that I can get to heaven, every single one, um, not leaving a single person behind that could have come. And, uh, to live as Christ, and he did not spend a bunch of time thinking about his own welfare and his own well-being and, and you know, how he was going to make it through his next day or his next meal. Um, that's a difficult thing for me, I think, because I'm a mom um, and I'm a wife, and I care about how uh, the things I would do and the, and the things that I would live through, how that would affect you guys. Um so I would just want to say that I, I pray that my family will hold me with an open hand, understanding that um, that as things get bad, self-sacrifice could be extreme. Um, and that my, my job here is to continue the ministry of Christ. And the ministry of Christ, he's going to come in and set things straight. He's going to set up, um, you know, the thousand-year reign, and he's, he's going to do – um, what is necessary in order to make everything right. It's not within my power to do that. And so my focus should not be on the evil and the corruption in the world, but on individuals and bringing them to Christ and bringing them to salvation. Uh, that's the mission that I was given. 
Um, and then the secondary mission is to stand firm in, in the things that Christ taught me. Um, the great yanker. The great yanker. <laughs> we always used to talk about how um, if I was given a position in um, in heaven, it was to be the person at the door literally grabbing people by the collar on their way to hell and bringing them into the kingdom of God. Like, like I, I don't want to miss anybody. I don't want to miss anybody. And if that means my own demise because I'm not um, properly set up thinking about how uh, things should be run, so be it. Um, I won't leave anybody behind. So um, I hope that answered your question thoroughly enough. Uh, Madeline, did you have anything to add to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you that's, covered it well. Fair, fair, fair enough. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. So, um, but yeah, appreciate if you if you have any follow up questions to that. Uh, by all means, uh, we'd be happy. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so. Uh, our next question that we have for our little Bible study here is, uh, what are some of the non-salvation issues that cause division in the modern church? Jeez. Ouch, right? All. <laughs> non-salvation yes. issues. <laughs> yes, Everything all I of feel. them, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, I agree. And um, sometimes it can be super hard because uh, we have issues where, like, in a church, you have people who are in the middle of the process of sanctification. They're moving from being, you know, um, lawless. That would, I think, be the, the term that the Bible would use for it. They're moving from, from total lawlessness into total submission uh, to Christ. And that's a process for a lot of people. Um, and in that process, you you see some things that are just flipped immediately. Uh, where they're just released from certain um, vices and from certain sins. And then you see other things that just take a lot longer um, to to come to fruition. I see people come to church in states where you're like, that person is absolutely pursuing a lifestyle of sin. And then watching over a decade when God releases them of, of that uh, fully. And, you know, how would that have happened if, we had not, as a congregation, just allowed people to be who they really are in church, um, including their brokenness, including their sin. Um, it's not always my job to call it out. Now, now sometimes God will give me words to say um, in, in a relationship that has trust where I can say, hey, you know. Um, you're crossing a few lines here, Bucko. Right, you're crossing a few lines. How can I support you and help you to <laughs> alignment right you know um most of the time and these are people that you know oh yeah like oh yeah i feel (laughs) i feel like people walk into church like we're like everyone come to church and then when people come to church and they look not like what we think people should look like we're like oh oh look security what's that like i feel like there's such a disconnect between come as you are and do we really mean it yes yeah, I mean, if you say come as you are and someone comes attired in a way that, okay, so, like, specifically, I, I'm thinking of a, a long-term church member that I knew um, who who came dressed as the opposite gender 
for a decade, like at least 10 years, um, went to Bible studies and everything. No one ever called this person out, you know, because but we do we call we them out if they're Christ. on their journey. Right. That was the thing is that I think everybody was like, I don't know, like, what do we do? And so everybody was just prayerful and, and the Lord never told us to say anything. So we didn't. And eventually they went to a particular Bible study. Um, uh, I, I, I invited this person to the Bible study and um, it was God that opened their eyes. It, it wasn't someone calling them out. It was the Holy Spirit moved and, and, and then all of a sudden they, they transitioned their lifestyle. Um, but God's so much better at this than we are. <laughs> like he's just well, so and much it was better. always his plan. Uh, and I feel like we get in his way. Like, oh, let me just, uh, I always laugh and say, I have to remember that God doesn't need an assistant. And I think that I am the assistant sometimes. <laughs> and, right, right. I'm a I tool. I'm not an assistant. But it's not supposed to be me helping. It's supposed to be him working through me. And if he's not yes. working through me, I just need to show Then it's me, and then <laughs> right. it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That whole so, self I mean, like, out of the equation. Exactly. Uh, you know, we saw miraculous things happen in this person's life. And a lot of it had to do with a lot of Christians kindly shutting their mouths and allowing God to do the work and the ministry that he intended. You know? Amen. Just, just yes. be a friend. You know, just and, love. And That's what we're called great. to do. Just love. <laughs> right, right, right. Love everybody. Love everybody. Now, I, I will say that I do know that there are are different um, that there are different kinds of churches out there, and we're blessed in America to be in a position where we can just love, and we can just say, yeah. "Hey, come as you are." Do because I know Mariah's visited places like in in Central Asia. That's not a possibility. Um, you can't just invite anybody. You have to make sure they're not part of the secret police. You have to make sure they're not going to tattle, and they're not going to like blow up your position under this underground church. And um, it, it takes years of building that trust, and you kind of have to prove your faith almost. Like I am a Christian. I'm not going to call you out. Please let me come to church. Yeah. So a lot of that sanctification process there's probably happening, I'm going to say, external of the church mm-hmm. um, with, with just a close friend or two who know that you're a Christian on this journey. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's stories throughout history all the time where even in Russia when Christians were being oppressed, there was um, these two secret police that, char- that barged into a house church, and they said, if you renounce your faith right now, then you get to live. And half of the room renounced their faith and left. And then the police were like, hey, we're actually Christians, but we needed to know it was safe for us to bring the rest of the troops in because we can't have the other members telling our patrol that we're Christians. Can we please join? And then they had like half, not half, but like a quarter of the military that were Christians in the house church. So they had to get rid of all of the other people that were willing to give up their faith. Right, right, right. So I think that you have different... You know, you have different um, situations. Um, right, right now in America, we have this this beautiful freedom of religion, and and we talk a little bit about the the persecution that's happening in the church. Um, you know, I just I I kind of don't 
view that so much as persecution is just the price you pay as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You give up the world and, and you give up the um, idea of of being admired by the world. Yeah. It, 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 it's the price you pay, you know, and the price is bigger for some people than it is for others, but it's just the price that you pay for following Christ. It's a package deal. It is. It is, you know, with with the positives of everything that Jesus brings to your life, there's suffering and persecution. The world no longer loves you. Yeah. Um, some person had said to me, um, well, your life just gets so much easier because you're a Christian, doesn't it? <laughs> I was like, what the heck, man? If you no. only knew. <laughs> that, I saw <laughs> <thought> that. No. <laughs> no, and, and, and a lot of times, like, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, me, no. I said, oh, if you only knew about how right. your life right. does not I... get easier. Well, it gets that was harder, in fact. It, it does. Yes. You know, your mean, eyes you are opened. Tell... Yes, your eyes are opened. And then uh, there's like this yeah. held accountable. That dying to yourself thing. Yeah. Um, like, I don't do that very well. You know, I don't think that that's a graceful process for anybody. I I, I remember, um, yeah, it does. Painful. I remember, like, first becoming a Christian, and I had so many plans. Okay, you can tell. Like, I love I love to talk, obviously, right? And I actually went to school to talk. I was a communications major, and I was going to be a political speech writer, and I was going to be a public speaker, and all this stuff. And the process of dying to to self and killing my own dreams off. Okay, like literally killing my own dreams because it didn't serve the kingdom of God. Um, in my heart, I knew I was doing the right things, but how how painful and difficult that can be. Um, as we're taking time to learn to submit our future and our ways to the mission of Jesus Christ. And I think that it's important to mention that the dreams that you have aren't bad. No. That Sometimes they're just different when you put them back to the creator. Because mm-hmm. um, you ended speak. up here. Yeah, yeah you're, you're still, still speaking. You're still doing speech and, uh, speeches and you're doing your radio show. It's just sure. not for a political leader, but right. for a king. Uh, and, and not to teach yourself. Not to teach yourself. In fact, um, it's kind of funny. I've talked about myself a lot on this particular episode, but I don't talk about myself very much. I don't like talking about myself um, because it it feels reminiscent of me trying to elevate self instead of elevating Christ. So, um, so yeah, you know, please never mistake me talking about my experiences as me trying to elevate myself. Um, It's all about glorifying God and the good work he's done in my life. So um, we've only got a couple more minutes. Let's, let's uh, clear this last question and we'll talk about our actions for this week. Um, what are some of the things that we can do personally to stay focused on the goal of the Great Commission? Um, listening when God talks and obeying his voice. Right, right. And, if, and and if you don't know God's voice, listen, if you're saved, you do know God's voice because at one point he called you. You may not be listening uh, past that or since then, like, but you know he speaks to you because he did once and he'll do it again. So listening to God's voice, doing what he asks, uh, immediate obedience. Man, if we could all get that one down, 
Yeah, we could end the radio show right there. Thanks, Cross. Thanks for the, <laughs> for the advice. I'll work on that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I think having a a small group where it's it's important to have friends that you are your values and your accountability are all in alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I like how somebody had put you have a refrigerator buddy where they can just kind of walk into your house, grab a Coke from your refrigerator and be like, hey, your shelves are really dirty. You should fix that kind of thing. And not in a bad way, but they have that trust and you've built this relationship where they can kind of just walk into your life mm-hmm. and be like, hey, because I love you, we've got some work to do. Yeah. And you can just have that camaraderie, that iron sharpens iron. That doesn't mean you have a large amount of people, but you have a few close friends right. that together you can just have that quiet time and hold each other up. Right. Right. No, I agree. I, I definitely I always tell people that they need to have a Timothy, a Paul, and a Barnabas. They need somebody that's mentoring them. Um, that would be that refrigerator buddy, right? Okay. Someone that they're mentoring, that they're the refrigerator buddy to them. And then um, Barnabas is, is your peer your running mate, right? Mm-hmm. The person that's that's running alongside of you that you're sharing life with. Um, I I know for me the thing that God's really been speaking to me um, in the last year and a half or so, and this is actually how the show came into um, fruition, is um, when when God called Moses to free the people um, from captivity, the Israelites from captivity. Moses was like, what am I going to do if they don't believe that you sent me? And he, and God's response is, what's in your hand? Don't put them on fire. Don't put them on fire. No. He says, what's, what's in your hand? Yeah. And, and what he had was a shepherd's staff. Because he was Moses was for his father-in-law, Jethro. Right. But he was already a shepherd, so now he's going to shepherd the people. Do you see what I'm saying? But God did miraculous things through what was in his hand. Um, and so when I was called to start teaching through books of the Bible, um, I said, God, all these other people in this class, they're, they're all pastors. They, they have a pulpit. I have no pulpit. What am I supposed to do? And he, and he basically asked me, well, what do you have available? Well, what do I have? Well, I have a computer. I have a phone. You know, I could do a podcast. I could do, you know, and, and this is, and this is where, it, it came to fruition that I also happened to have a friend who owned a radio station. <laughs> and, and, and so we ended up with a radio show. Um, a lot of times God's just calling us to move with what we have in our hands. So, so, um, so happy one year anniversary. Before we leave, I need to ask, um, does anybody else have anything else to add before we uh, do our call to action and hop off because we're right at time and I want to be cognizant of Madeline's time for sure. Nope. We're good. Well, Madeline might have something. Madeline, do you have anything you wanted to punctuate our our broadcast with? <laughs> Any tips for keeping the goal of the Great Commission? Okay, well, if not, um, then I think what we'll do is just go ahead and talk about taking action. Do you need to make peace with a co-laborer in Christ? Nope. If you do... God's bringing somebody's name to your mind, do it. Uh, have you stirred up contention? If you have in the past, commit today to prioritize unity in Jesus. 
So thanks, you guys, for joining us. And we will see you next week while we finish up. I'm, I'm hoping we're finishing up Chapter 15. <laughs> we're hoping. We're hoping. hoping. <laughs> we might be in Romans for forever. Anyway, God bless you guys, and have a great day. Take Bye. care. Bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.